0: This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Rinala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. It has been such a joy to hear all the testimonies of what God's been doing. It's just so exciting and makes my heart so happy. Um, Give me a wave if you were with us on Friday night. Hallelujah. Yes, praise God. We've been having awesome times on Friday just with worship. Uh, But the Lord gave me a word on Friday night from the book of Judges, uh, the story of Gideon. And I want to share that with you and share uh, just a quick recap of of what I was um, sharing on Friday night because I want to I want to go on and encourage you today I really believe that the Holy Spirit, is going to bring uh, those things that have been brewing on the inside, that now is the time where you're going to begin to see breakthrough like never before. I believe we're standing right now on the, on the uh, cusp of an absolutely accelerated season, that we're about to see something beyond what we've ever seen, and that the will of God is to... to uh, mobilise us, Hallelujah, to be cooperating, to be aware of what the Lord's saying and what He's doing, and to cooperate with Him. Uh, but who knows that without a, a um, without a battle, there is no victory. Very quiet. It's the truth. But praise the Lord; the battle belongs to the Lord, and that we we get to fight a, a fight that He is already gone before us in and that as we persevere with him as we press on we can have confidence knowing that God is for us who can be against us amen? amen hallelujah so if you want to turn with me to judges chapter 6 i'm going to just quickly recap and then we're just going to go on a little further judges chapter 6 it's a story here of Gideon and verse 3 it says here, so it was, whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up also. Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. And they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number and they'd enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. You know, so often, and I just shared this on Friday, but so often, uh, when when we're just about to see harvest, intimidation, and 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 the 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 fire seems to get hotter, and and things go on that. You know, the Holy Spirit, He has got plans for you, but He's asking us to trust in God. And when we're looking at at, uh, walking with the Lord, we are walking a miraculous life. God is so interested in just making Himself, uh, showing Himself strong on your behalf. And He is glorified in the midst of what looks like impossible circumstances. And you know, the enemy can't stop your harvest, but he can distract you from being there when it comes about. He can uh, intimidate you and make you want to give up and run away. But God wants to encourage you today. Amen. And so what happened is that the Israelites began to pray. They began to cry out. You know, God, this whole uh, evening, God's been speaking about how jealousy is to help you. God is waiting to be your helper, and all we need to do is begin to acknowledge Him. Begin to cry out and say, Lord, help. Begin to come to Him in prayer. Begin to bring it before Him. You know, when we get honest with God and we, instead of worrying about things, actually spell it out, lay it out before Him and say, Lord, this is what's going on. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm, I'm thinking. This is what I'm afraid of. And as we present it all to the Lord, we can come in faith and believe that He will give us His perfect love, which casts out fear, that He will come and that He has the answer to all of our needs. Amen. And He wants to help us in all our trouble. The Holy Spirit will help you in all your trouble, but He's waiting to be asked. He's waiting for you to stop thinking that you can manage on your own. And He's waiting for you to come into partnership with Him. Hallelujah. He's waiting to cover you. He's waiting to help you. And uh, so I really believe that the Spirit of God is wanting to grab our attention and, and begin to help us understand the power of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The power of what it is to be walking with God, not alone, not struggling on our own, but crying out to God for help. And so this is what the Israelites did. And, uh, and we know, and I won't go into it, uh, that the Lord then called Gideon. And a mighty man of Valerie called him and began to speak to his identity. Then in, in chapter 7, um God, was, God had raised up Gideon and was like, okay, come on, we're going we're to drive these out now. We're going to get rid of these, these people. You know, they were coming against Israel and, and wanting to completely destroy them. That, that, that's the story now. You know, the world wants to destroy Israel. That, but God is for us. Hallelujah. And God is for His people. And He's still got a plan for Israel. He still got a plan for Israel and, and the enemy was going to come and he was going to, they were going to try. They had a whole um, alliance of nations wanting to destroy them right the way through, uh, all the way through the, the nation. And you know where they're talking about Gaza now, that's where Israel was. And they, they wanted right through to the, to the sea. They would come in and they would just destroy the crops and the Israelites would fly to the hills. But God was waiting for them to cry out to Him because He always has a plan. Hallelujah. And so we need to pray. But uh, So that the Lord began to raise up Gideon. And they got an army together. But you've got to remember, these, this alliance of countries, they were, it says, as numerous as the sand of the sea. They were just uncountable. They're innumerable. And they've managed to pull together about 22,000 men, which was really quite pathetic in, in comparison in the natural to what was coming against them. But they felt like, okay, well, finally, at least somebody's getting up and doing something. And then, um, then the Lord says to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for me to give, to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel claim glory for itself against me, saying, My own hand has served me. Now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever's fearful and afraid, let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead. And 22,000 of the people returned and 10,000 remained. So there were 32,000 men all there. And then God says, this is too many. Uh, Because you might think that you somehow managed to do this. So he says, I want you to tell everybody that that just is afraid and wants to go home, that they just can go home if they want to. And 22,000 left. They got left with 10,000 men. You know, when you're about to see a breakthrough, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Sometimes when you're just about to see the breakthrough, it can start to look like this is more impossible than it ever did. Who has ever experienced that? (coughs) When the Lord spoke to me back when I was 23, that in my 30th year, He was going to release me into ministry. My 30th year came, you know, I'd gone to Bible college, I'd prepared. And in my 30th year... So many things went wrong. In fact, it was just such a disastrous year and I was doing less than I ever was and things looked worse than they ever did Uh, just before God uh, brought a breakthrough for me. And I've seen it happen over and over again. In fact, now I almost laugh. When things start to go wrong, I get excited. I think, ha, ha, ha. This is just another opportunity to a God to really demonstrate how glorious He is. Hallelujah. He is so good. Uh, you know, just like Aaron, when he was praying for that guy and he says, oh, no, no, no I don't want to pray now. I'm busy. You, you could look at that and think, oh, it's, it's going to look like it's, it's getting harder. It's getting more difficult. But, but you can get excited saying, actually, no, God's going to do something wonderful here if you can get you can encourage yourself. And so, um, so Gideon lets them go home. And I shared on Friday that for many who come to Christ, we have we've got to remember that we still maintain freedom. We have a choice. You can have a choice as to how you're going to live. When you become a new believer in Christ, you get power to be different. Hallelujah. On the inside of you, things change. You no longer want to go back to your old stuff. But you know what? The enemy still keeps coming and he still wants to try and deceive you into thinking that... um, Instead of acknowledging God in all your ways, maybe you just need to acknowledge how you feel and just look after yourself. And He'll come and He'll try and deceive us from the joy that He's got for us. God wants to lead us into life and life more abundant. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Acknowledge me, uh, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. That is, His plans for you are brilliant. I tell you, the plans that God's got for you, it says in Ephesians 3, are exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. Seriously good like gloriously more wonderful than you're actually realizing right now so exciting but the way that we walk into these things is not by acknowledging how do i feel i just maybe i just feel like uh you know i think i'm just gonna have watch a movie and eat some pizza i don't want anyone go out and because i feel like i just need to take care of myself right now and 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 when we give in to what our flesh is is dictating try or the enemy is trying to say come on um, you, you know you don't you, should, you don't have to go to church you, you know you're right he comes in with a, with the deception of trying to make us think well you know you don't have to keep pressing on the truth is you don't have to you have a choice but if instead of saying what will i uh, will i go with what what i'm feeling or will i go with what my spirit wants is the question. You can say, well, how do I feel? Do I feel like going to church today? Well, that's not the right question. The question is, what does my spirit want? You know, when you've been praying and crying out for help, oh God, help in my situation, help in my family situation. Oh God, help me with this, help me with that. And then then the Lord's saying, okay, I'm here, I'm going to help you. Then He's asking you to begin to acknowledge Him in all your ways. So that instead of just being led by how you feel, you can go and pray and and say, Oh, please God, and begin to declare and begin to have a great prayer time with God. But if you then get up and then just continue to worry about it, you're missing out on on the action that God's already set up for you to walk into. You see, God's heart for you is, he, want, he says, okay, you've asked me for help. Let's go do it. And the way that we go and receive what God's got, the way we go and take back what the enemy's stolen is leaning on Him, acknowledging Him, saying, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And moving forward with Him. What does your spirit want? You know, it's Psalm 32 that I read earlier, and we'll get back to Judges, but but Psalm 32 is such a beautiful psalm. I got happy, quite blissfully happy reading this today. But it says here in verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse and, or like the mule which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bitten bridle, else they will not come near you. God's delight is to lead you. Once you've gotten, you've cried out to God, help, and you've prayed, He's saying, Now I want you to get up and look at my face and look where I'm looking. Let's go where I'm going. Let's do what I'm doing. You've been praying, then the Holy Spirit is saying now, acknowledge me. If you look in the Hebrew at that word acknowledge, it actually means be intimate with me. As in gaze into my face and let me take you where we're going to go. As you might be praying for breakthrough in your work. And instead of just having a really good prayer time, which is so important, and then going into work and just saying, oh, I hope he does something. We'll see what happens. Instead, going in alert, saying, okay, God, I'm here. Show me what you want to say. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight today. Show me the opportunity. Where are you, what are you going to do today? What are you doing here? Show me what you'd like me to see. Help me to recognise what you're doing. Be alert, fully aware and fully awake. Amen. Oh, you're quiet today. The Holy spirits he's wanting to help you. And you've just spent an hour, oh God, please help, please help. Yes, okay, come on. All right, I hope he does something. He's like, look look at me, look at my face. I want to guide you with my eye. I'm going to lead you into the breakthrough now. Hallelujah. I'm going to lead you. And you've been praying for divine appointments. Well, keep looking at my face and I'll show you. I'll take you there. You see, so many of us fail to recognize that, that the power is not just in, in praying. The power is also in fellowshipping. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. God's looking for us and he's looking for us not to go back. You know, when the enemy comes in and he, he tries to say, oh, you know, you might, don't you miss... Don't you miss being in the in the uh, party circles? You you, you know it, it felt good. He'll try and remind you, or somebody will come along and, and, start to you know flirt with you, or or give you lots of affirmation. You think, oh yeah, I quite like that whole party scene, and, and I feel like I could I feel like I could do that. I feel like it'd be all right to do that. You need to stop and say, Lord, what does my spirit want? What does my spirit want? If everybody else around you is saying, oh, you know, let's just do this, let's just go watch this, let's just go do this, you can say, oh, yeah, you are free. You are free. You can do that if you want to. But the Lord's saying, what does your spirit want? Because those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who know their God, those who are intimately acquainted with Him, those who are actually acknowledging Him in all of their ways, they shall be strong and do great exploits. Hallelujah. Or you can waste another day. You have a choice and you're free. Hallelujah. Happy is a man that condemns not himself and the thing that he allows. Yes, you are free. You are free to be fruitful. You are free to be fruitful. And you're free to go back into a a spiritual slumber. But the Lord says, choose life. It's set before you life and death. Choose life. Hallelujah. God's got every day opportunities. You know, He is looking to accelerate you. I tell you, if you would simply put up your hand and say, here am I, God, send me in the Spirit. You'd say, yes, you position yourself, you posture yourself. God, I expect, I take you at your word. You said there's a difference between having a promise and actually seeing it, positioning yourself and saying, God, if that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. God's actually waiting for you to engage with him, to awaken, hallelujah, to the moving of the Holy Spirit so that he can lead you into the exploits that you've been crying out for. Yes. Father, we say thank you. So, so there were some that just went back and then they were left with 10,000. Um, and then the Lord says, still too many. You know, it's like, if it isn't bad enough. He says, okay, take them down to the water and um, I want you to separate them into two groups. He didn't tell them which group they'd be in. He said, the ones that you see reach down, scoop up the water and drink the water from their hand like this. He said, I want you to put them in one group and the others that get down and just stick their head in the water and, and slurp it up like that, put in another group. you'd, now you'd think that probably more people would do this, right? Have a look. It says the number of those who uh, put their hand to their mouth was 300. But all the rest got down on their knees to drink the water and just stuck their head in the water. (laughs) Who does that? You know, seriously. (laughs) Really hard with long hair. It'd be just like, it's so, so messy. But most of them got down on their knees and just... And, you know, I believe that's a picture Of the believers that just say, look, it's just about me getting my need met. Those that were were picking up the water, you know, God does nothing by accident. This isn't by accident. This is a type in a shadow. This is a picture for us to understand. God is looking for believers who will keep alert and aware to what's going on around them, that they will look and that they'll be seeing what's going on around them rather than just being focused on having their own need met. You see, you might be going through a hard time, but if your hard time in your mind is disqualifying you from reaching out to somebody else, the enemy knows how to deal with you. Come on. But I love it when I see people who are going through a hard time who who are still they're alert and they're looking and they can see somebody else they can love somebody else they can minister to somebody else in the midst of their own pain in the midst of their own hurt in the midst of them not having their uh, prayers answered yet they're reaching out and they're they're ministering they're loving people God is looking for an army of people who are are, are aware of the truth that this it doesn't matter what I'm going through this is the call that that I have that I might be a minister of reconciliation, that I might be the gift of God in the earth. Hallelujah. For the Bible says that he is the light of the world and that now when you've received Christ, you are the light of the world. In fact, he is the desire of the nations and he lives on the inside of you. He said, greater works than these shall they do. As He is, so are we in this world. Those that are actually aware of it, doesn't matter if I'm going through a hard time. uh, He wants me to be aware that as He is, so am I in this world. It doesn't matter whether I'm thirsty or, or whatever is going on. I can still get my need met, but I have the opportunity to be a blessing, to be Christ to somebody. To manifest Jesus to somebody, as in to see his miracle power manifested through my life. I have I have Christ living in me, so I can expect him to give me a word of knowledge, a word of hope, a word of love, a word of life. I, I can expect him to show me how to be a blessing to somebody else. And that way, hallelujah, you you actually, instead of going in Shiller and, and um and getting focused on yourself, you start to let the river really flow, hallelujah. Give and it'll be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together and running over, hallelujah. You know, it's so important that we are deliberate in this, that we, we, we live a life recognising, now I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, like the man with the, the 10 talents. God's not looking for you to take what God's got and just bury it in the ground. He's, he's looking for you to steward the fact that you've been given far more than 10 talents. You've been given Christ. Like today, you have Christ living in you. What are you going to do with him? Hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you don't have to wait for somebody to prophesy to you or, or or to give you permission to do it. He's already living on the inside of you. You have a you have a commission now to be as he is in this world. Oh help me, Jesus. I encourage myself. Shakaba. <laughs> so um so they're down to three hundred. And um, and then then the Lord says to Gideon, Right, reckon we're ready now. Go and go and get him. <laughs> he says, But if you're afraid, you see, Gideon was one of the ones that was afraid, but he didn't go back. God, he wasn't one that was led by his emotions. He he was one that was like, Okay, I, I acknowledge that's how I feel, but this is what my spirit wants. My spirit wants to follow God. Hallelujah. So he says to Gideon, Arise, go down against the camp, for I've delivered it into your hand. But if you're afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the people of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in multitude. And when Gideon had come there was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I've had a dream and to my surprise a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian. It came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and then the tent collapsed. And then his companion answered and said, "This is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp." And so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped. Gideon had the promise of God and God the instruction of God. Go and and you can are giving them into your hand. But Gideon needed a picture. He needed to be able to see the promise. You know, God's waiting for us to respond to His promise, but He doesn't ask us to do it without also giving us everything we need to be able to do it. He wants to give you a picture of what He's promising. And so He's given you this gift called an imagination. It's not evil, nor is it new age. It's a gift from Jesus. He gave it to you. Hello, all my critics. <laughs> he gave it to you. And he wants you to use it. And so he'll, he he's done this over and over again. He said it to Abraham. He said, Abraham, okay, think about this. Look at all of the sand on the seashore. Can you count it? All right. This is the picture of what it's going to look like to have so many descendants. He says, okay, now look up if you, if you can if you can't get that look at look at the sky can you count the stars can you see them that's what it's going to look like that's how many descendants I'm going to give you and when abraham got a picture hallelujah he was able to conceive it it says it happens over and over again he did it with peter when jesus came and he commissioned peter he took him out on the on the See, And Peter had fished all night. He said, cast your net onto the other side. So he did. And there was this boatload of fish, more than they could handle. They had to call everybody else. And then he says, I'm going to make you fisher of men. And what he'd done was give him a picture of the reality that, hey, I'm not just calling you to do something. I want you to see what it's going to look like. The harvest is going to be overflowing. When he commissions you into ministry, he wants you to see it. He wants you to imagine it. I spend time thinking about what it's going to be like. and I've done this for years. I'd imagine the deaf ears opening. I'd imagine what it would look like to see cloudy eyes. Uh, see, I imagine what it would look like to see that people get out of the wheelchairs. That is not wasted time. That is getting a picture of the promise of God. Hallelujah. The things that he said, God is wanting to give to you in picture form. He wants to write on the screen of your imagination. Hallelujah. Your sanctified imagination. And he wants to give it to you. Because if you can see it, you can have it. That's what he said to um, Abraham. He said, as far as you can see, what can you see? As far as you can see, this is the land I'll give you. What can you see? What can you see? He'll give it to you. When he gives you the promise, when you get a promise from God, he's waiting for you to begin to see it. And he's waiting for you to begin to say it. I love this because then Gideon, after he got this, he was was provoked to worship. (laughs) And when you start to worship and you start to dance and celebrate and say, Thank you, God, for the victory, before you actually have it. It so solidifies it. In fact, God, as you begin to worship Jesus and say, oh, I've got it now. I've got a picture. Oh, hooray. I worship you. I can see it. Ah. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's what the substance looks like. It's you actually seeing it on the inside, not on the outside. It's it's you know now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen on the outside, but having the substance on the inside, seeing a picture on the inside, and as you worship, sing O Baron, you have not born, I'm gonna celebrate. I can see it, I can see it, I can see it. God is looking for you to deliberately take it and put it across the screen of your imagination. When the enemy wants to come and he wants to plant, uh, write his plans and the fears come. You need to cast them down because they are truth. They're, they're lies that are acknowledging that are exalting themselves above the knowledge of who Jesus is, the answer, the the faithful one. And you need to take them down and put up the truth. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep that picture in front of me. That person you're praying for to get saved, He wants you to see them. See them worshipping. See them ministering. See them leading people to Jesus. Hallelujah. See them faces on fire, uh, 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 alight with the glory of God. If you're uh, believing for healing, God doesn't want you to be uh, picturing what it's going to be like when it gets worse. The enemy wants to come and he wants to write that. But if instead you'll take that captive and actually I'm going to picture what it's going to feel like. What am I going to do? How's it going to feel when, when, when I'm healed? What's it going to look like? And then actually get happy about it. Because when you can see it, you can have it. You can celebrate. The joy comes. And you can, ha- you can enter into joy. And when you've got that joy, ha, ha ha you're in the place that you're positioned right then to receive the, uh, the breakthrough. Amen. Ha ha ha, this is better preaching than your reaction. I get, I'm just preaching my self happy here. Shakarabuku <laughs> Shaba. Hallelujah. Albert Einstein said, Imagination is everything, it's the preview of life's coming attractions. I quite like that. Even the world knows the power of the imagination. But I tell you, this isn't a worldly thing I'm wanting to tell you. This is the Holy Spirit. He wants to write on the screen of your imagination. He wants to give you a preview of your life's coming attractions. Hallelujah. He wants you to focus and see what he's saying and believe it. You know, um, I really believe, then as I close, that we're not going to possess what we're unwilling to pursue. God is giving you a promise. He gave the same promise to all of Israel. I'm going to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And it was given to all of the Israelites. But only two actually inherited the promise. A promise is meaningless unless you picture it and you pursue it. Because even if you can see it, if you're not willing then to step out as the Holy Spirit leads and to obey when the Lord takes you and to acknowledge God and say, "Okay, God, what do you want me to do? I'm not talking about moving out in your own strength. I'm talking about holding on to His hand, deliberately saying, "Okay, God, I hear you. I know what you're saying. I'm holding on to your hand now. Show me what do you want to do now? I live my life like this. And I tell you, he's very good. (laughs) He's very faithful. It's a whole lot better than filling your time up with rubbish. You have your life. You are free to spend it however you want to. It's all yours. You can do what you like with it. You're free. You are free. Do as you please. But I would encourage you. Do what your spirit pleases, because your spirit recognizes it's come alive now. It recognizes you were built for glory. You were built for greater works than you've ever understood. You were built for far more than you've ever even yet imagined. You were built for a life of such fruitfulness that it goes way beyond anything that that you have yet even gone to imagine. But it's going to take you actually beginning to lay hold of it, beginning to say, yes, God, I thank you for that, beginning to pray, beginning to uh, acknowledge God, beginning to picture what He's saying and beginning to move with Him, to live our lives. I want to see a bride, a body of Christ that actually lives their lives for Jesus. So many times we get deceived into living our lives for ourselves and adding God into it. But God is giving a divine invitation like I've never sensed before. It's a divine invitation to exploits and fruitfulness. I tell you, there are world changes here in this room. But only those who will respond, who will say, I will pursue what He is saying. I will lay hold of it and I'm not going to change the subject. I'm going to keep my eyes focused. It doesn't matter if I feel afraid. It doesn't matter if it looks like everybody else is leaving. It doesn't matter if it looks like things are going to get worse. I choose to hope in you. I choose to follow you, Jesus. Oh my my spirit is just trembling on the inside of me because I can feel the shaking. I can feel the shaking. And it's a glorious shaking. It's a shaking to bring you to a being awake. It's John 11.11, 11. I go to wake Lazarus up because he's sleeping. Lazarus means God is help. God is looking to wake you up to the reality that He is your help right now and that He wants not just to help you in your prayer time in the morning. He wants to take you from your prayer time in the morning and help you moment by moment. He wants to lead you in your recreational time. He wants to lead you in your work time. He wants to lead you in what you read and what you say. He wants to actually help you in everything and bring you into a life that's more abundant than you've made up for yourself his ways are better than my ways but when we lean on our own understanding we say God you can have this much and I'm going to take care of this and then we'll come back and let you do this and then I'm going to take care of this you live a life that's frustrated and way below the glory that God wants to give Oh, please respond to the invitation of Jesus to bring you into a life that is full of glory. What would it look like if you actually believed that he had your best interest at heart in every moment of every day? I used to think if I did this, he'd just make me pray all the time and I'd never be able to get anything done. God knows my life. He loves my family more than I do. Why should I be worried that if I trust God to lead me that I'm, I'm suddenly not going to take care of them properly or I'm not going to deal with what I need to... He knows everything that He's given me to do and He knows how to help me do it better than I could do it on my own. It, it's not going to bring you into a place where you never have any fun. It's going to bring you into a place where you're so full of joy all the time. hmm, I'd recommend it. <laughs> what can you see? What can you picture? What has God promised to your heart? I mean, even if you've never had a prophetic word or a vision on the inside, you've got the word of God that says, hey, you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You could start there. Picture that. Raise the dead. Picture that if you like. God's given us such great and precious promises. We can quote the verse, but I tell you, he's waiting to lead you into it today, tomorrow, the next day. Hallelujah. He's laid up good works in advance for you to do. He's just waiting for you to hold his hand. Say, okay, God, I want to acknowledge you in all my ways today. I want you to lead me. I want you to help me. It's easier for us sometimes in our own thinking, well, I'll, I'll, um, you know, maybe I'll do this and I'll do that. But if you actually reach out and hold his hand, you'll receive more comfort, more joy, more help, more, more love than you've ever understood. So Father, we say thank you for your word today. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for this season of revival. And Lord, I ask that we would not miss... The time of our visitation, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would stir us up and help us be fully aware and fully awake, that you would be leading you would lead us by your spirit, and that you would help us, Holy Spirit, Lord, we present our weakness to you, and we declare that you are strong in our weakness. I thank you that your great grace sets us free from all unrighteousness, your great grace has made us clean and made us as you are. God, I ask for continuous revelation, Spirit of God, the Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of You, Lord, that You'd shed it abroad in our hearts. And God, I pray that You would so grip a hold of every person in this place, oh God, that this week, that they would be aware of Your presence day and night, that they would be aware of Your presence and they're going out and they're coming in, that they would live in You and move in You and have their being in You. God, give us an awareness, a Holy Ghost awareness, awareness, to acknowledge you in all our ways. Father, we ask for this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.